today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've talked to uh, Sam Cooper before. He's a national online journalist, investigative reporter for Global News, and we talked to him in specifically uh, regard to uh, the fentanyl crisis and fentanyl coming in from uh, China into British Columbia and then through the rest of Canada. Now has another fascinating uh, report. A a BCLC could have stopped this. Former casino investigators question whether officials unwilling to stop criminal activity. Uh, Several former investigators who say they have lost jobs in BC's casino industry uh, for whistleblowing are questioning whether some BC officials deliberately allowed government-regulated casinos to be used as hubs for laundering money. In this exclusive investigation, Global News has conducted extensive interviews with the casino industry sources and also reviewed documents and court testimony from several of the sources. The sources pointed to allegations of willful blindness of dirty cash transactions in BC casinos. Some have questioned whether a conspiracy or corruption has concerned, uh, uh, or rather has occurred, that would allow dirty funds estimated by Global News at up to $2 billion to flow through uh, the Lottery Corporation. To talk more about all of this, Sam Cooper is with us, national online journalist, investigative reporter for Global News. He's with us now. Sam, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. This is uh, fascinating. Is, do casinos all uh, automatically throw up a red flag for something like this because they it is so easy to launder money through them, or is it? Well, it really depends the jurisdiction that they are in ter- where they reside is in Canada. It could uh, it could be what city they are in, but what we found here was that the evidence was clear. Investi- documents said that the majority of this money laundering was going through Richmond's River Rock Casino, and so in the case of that casino, uh, that casino had different standards and policies around uh, acceptance of cash. According to uh, audits, uh, they found that where other casinos in other areas of Canada might turn away uh, a hockey bag uh, with $500,000 in cash, for some reason, this casino determined that those transactions, as long as they were noted down and reported, they didn't have to be rejected. That's what the documents say. So to your question, do all casinos throw up red flags? I would say that we, we know that most make some sort of reporting into Canada's anti-money laundering system, but they are, they are allowed to turn, a, turn away what looks clearly like a money laundering transaction. And the evidence is that some casinos in BC, more than others, just were not seemingly doing that. Why a different standard depending on where you are? What my investigation has shown is that, uh, just to give you an example, an employee in one of these high-limit betting rooms in the Richmond Casino was investigated for alleged complicity in a $200,000 money laundering transaction. This employee lost their job but there are investigations in Ontario right now into whether this employee and others had formed uh, corrupt connections or were in some way connected with, with the people that are suspected to be organized criminals or loan sharks. So how can it happen? The simple answer is the evidence shows that in some cases employees are corrupted 
and uh, how high up does that go? That is a question that uh, I believe needs to be investigated. How do you launder money in a casino? How does this work? Like you said, is it as simple as a dealer, somebody coming up to a dealer and, 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 and bringing forth a pile of cash that's questionable? In basic terms, that's what's ha- that that is what happened. What uh, the the uh, investigate the police investigations we've been revealing showed was it worked exactly like this. Someone from from BC, an organized criminal, would take a trip to Macau or China, meet some very wealthy people, a lot of them high level gangsters, according to uh, the sources and the evidence. They'd say, "Hey, you're going to come over to Richmond, BC, and gamble." You can't bring out more than $50,000 from China because of China's rules, but you're going to show up in Richmond, give me a call on my cell phone, I'm going to meet you in the parking lot and give you however much money you want, whether it's $15,000 in cash up to over $1 million, the evidence showed. They take that cash into a private betting room where a casino employee... Does and, not and, sorry, and sorry, where does, this, where does that initial million come from? Where did that come from? The investigation showed that million dollars was coming from drug cash, drug dealers uh-huh. operating in British Columbia. Hmm. In many cases, it's believed they were selling drugs such as fentanyl. So this is drug cash. And then the other end of the loop is the casino employee counts that cash up and gives you chips without questioning what is clearly suspicious. You gamble, you can walk out of the casino with a big winning check. Or you can return your chips and get a return of funds check. Other ways, uh, it gets more complicated, but that's how it happens simply. Wow. This, this, does this all tie to the series that you did in fentanyl? Is it on fentanyl? Is this all related? What we found is it's all related, and it's really uh, a dirty money loop. So it, exactly, uh, it is related in this way. You come over from China... You get that drug cash loan, you gamble, and you launder your money. And then, depending on your banking uh, arrangements, you make a payment on that fronted cash or loan back to a bank account in China. So you see how the, uh, the money is being loaned in BC, so to speak, paid back in China. The gangsters in China take that money, and then they go buy more fentanyl precursors, produce that stuff uh, and send it over to BC. It's sold and the cycle repeats. That's how it's related. And the uh, forensic investigations have shown that. Um, How come, how how do you hide this sort of thing? I mean, especially with all eyes on something like a casino operation for the reasons we just mentioned, sending up red flags and such. How, how, How does this happen? It sounds like it's a massive operation. Well, that's the, uh, that's the $2 billion question. Uh, the fact is that it wasn't hidden. And that brings us back to today's story. It was clearly happening. We know that because the court records from the early 90s say that police knew big drug transactions were happening in casinos. They were happening there because the drug traffickers could use the casino as an excuse for, for holding that amount of cash. It was happening openly. All you had to do was look at the casino surveillance tapes, which are filed with BC's government. And yet this continued. And that's today's story. People knew this was going on. They turned a blind eye. Our sources say it was deliberate. And they say they believe corruption was involved. 
Uh, how deep will this investigation go? I mean, uh, any reason to believe that it won't be as corrupt as, as whatever got us here? Well, where we are right now in British Columbia, they did an independent review into this activity. They said, yes, this is happening. What we found is they really underestimated the amounts flowing through BC casinos. They talked about this scheme that I've just explained, but and they took actions. They did take actions. They've reduced, uh, they've said, you need to provide a lot more about your identity and source of funds when you come into casinos. The result has been that uh, the money laundering has reduced. It looks like quite a bit in BC. It's not a, a, a good business anymore for gangsters to come over and make these transactions. But their investigation in BC stopped there. They didn't look into this suspected corruption we're talking about. So at this point, we don't, we don't know of any further investigation into officials that could have turned a blind eye. Did, did gangsters form... Uh, unsavory connections. We don't know because the government won't commit to a public inquiry. Uh, even though the, the gambling, the money laundering side of this, you know, is cleaned up a little to keep the public attention away from it, that fentanyl money is still coming in every every day, is it not? That Those drugs are still coming in, they're still getting sold, that money still has to be laundered somehow. It has to be coming in, and we know that because we just saw reports in B.C. that uh, there were 1,400 overdose deaths in 2018 in that province. I believe uh, something like 86% related to fentanyl. So the drugs coming in, that means the money. We know the drug is coming from China, almost all of it. That means the money cycle is still occurring. We know real estate is related to the casino money laundering but it's its own channel. Our investigations have shown that. We know that real estate developers, realtors, lawyers, notaries, many professionals are involved in this. And uh, we do know that BC uh, has has asked the same casino reviewer to look at real estate. He's working on his report, but it doesn't look like he's getting the same access to information from the RCMP as Global News did. Will, what, what's going to draw more attention, more of the public's eye here? Is it going to be the overdose angle or the fact that the money is being laundered here? Because, I mean, you look at British Columbia and some of the pressing issues, it's housing, it's the price of housing. You've, you, you've done in your reporting, you've had articles that have, have linked uh, the housing price increase to the fentanyl trade and all of this. Uh, there's that aspect of it. There's, as you mentioned, the, the many deaths that are happening and in, in increasing over time. Uh, I, I, this seems like it's quite out of control in that province. It is out of control in British Columbia. Uh, BC is, uh, has become a hub with connections to Macau, Hong Kong, and China, Panama, Australia, a drug cycle there. What's going to bring more attention? Today, we went to the Prime Minister and asked, are you going to take action on this? Uh, he did not commit to an inquiry. We're committed to, to going uh, to politicians in B.C., Ottawa, around the country and saying exactly what you suggest. It's, it's bad in B.C., but I can tell you my current investigations are showing, as you might expect, this is a giant problem in Toronto, yeah. Windsor, Montreal, Hamilton. There are networks that are globally connected and they're using Canadian cities in ways that uh, 99.9% Canadians have no idea how the uh, international cartels, terrorism financing, uh, terrorists, drug traffickers, 
it's all related. They all use the same networks. So I can tell you that I'm going to keep pushing out those investigations and raise the profile of this issue. How does or does the detainment of the Huawei CFO on the extradition treaty to the United States, how does it play into all of this? Or does it? That's an interesting question. All I can see at this point is that some form of uh, fraud or international money laundering of a sort is alleged in that case. The case alleges high-level officials from China tied to China's um, Ministry of State Security, which is a, a spy network, and China's military are involved in this company. This company is uh, involved in, according to our law enforcement, spying operations and, and looking at uh, taking a, a part of infrastructure so that they may be able to get better visibility on, on things going around the world. Does that connect to drug trafficking? I'm not sure of that, but I do know that uh, in China, people in government uh, are connected to gang activity, and uh, there is interaction between gangs, the military. So I don't know where the Huawei case fits in, but I do know that it, some people think there's something nefarious, it's very nefarious going on in that case. It seems up until the whole Huawei shenanigans that Canada couldn't wait to get in bed with China. It was all about the, you know, China being the golden goose, developing markets, uh, and it's been that way for decades. Is this changing the public perception? Should we be looking beyond the money here? Well, I can tell you that certainly in countries like Australia, uh, we have seen uh a greater public awareness driven both by the the journalists and the academics that exposed issues of China's state influence, uh, possibly uh, political corruption influence. Uh, So I can tell you Australia is awake to the issues we're talking about now and as they relate to uh, state activity, drug trafficking, organized crime. Canada, I believe, is starting to wake up and yet, I think it's fair to say that in, in Canada, for decades, we've been um, somewhat insulated from a lot of the world's problems and maybe idealistic. But if you talk to uh, people high in police and military, they say that that kind of uh, Dudley Do-Right attitude isn't going far. Other people, other states are, are not playing by the same rules. Maybe that's going to change in Canada. How is this story playing, whether it's this or the fentanyl story, how are these stories playing out in Vancouver and in, in British Columbia, considering the Asian population there? Well, the first thought would be uh, how they're playing out generally is that we're seeing uh, a poll today came out. Uh, 77% would support a public inquiry, inquiry into this casino scandal as it relates to the fentanyl and uh, housing crisis. My quick look at that showed that interest in the stories following the money laundering angle was essentially the same between European populations and East Asian populations. So I would say that my that the data shows that it doesn't matter what race you are, you're equally following and equally concerned about the issues. And that agrees with uh, what I talk, the, the people I talk to in the Chinese Canadian community in BC. They certainly are are as concerned about this criminality as anyone else. And it makes sense because, again, the sources say that if you're within that community, you're more exposed to danger from uh, 
the, the mm. organized criminals with connections to China. Where do you think this is going? Is it, does this have teeth? I can, I can honestly say that I, we do see momentum, I believe, in, in public interest in an, in an inquiry in B.C., I, I think the the interest in these stories is maintaining at a a good high level. Um, you know, I'd like to believe that we're getting closer to an inquiry, but at the same time, I I definitely know that there are people in British Columbia that clearly don't want this to happen and and don't want to be up there in the sta- on the stand giving evidence because if that occurs it is a very safe bet to say that people, including politicians and lawyers, could come under some serious accusations. Incredible story, Sam. Uh, stay on it. Uh, great reporting by Sam Cooper, national online journalist, investigative reporter with Global News. You can see this on the Global site. Uh, British Columbia Lottery Corporation could have stopped this. Former casino investigators question whether officials unwilling to stop criminal activity. And uh, we thank so much Sam Cooper for uh for for his great reporting and spending some time on this the scott thompson show weekdays from noon to three on 900 chml